All right, it's the Kingpin, Demarcus Kane, and you're tuned in to Battlefield Pro Wrestling. You dig? PW Nation, the Battlefield Pro Wrestling Podcast is back again. Our weekly episode, Big Joe Machesco, joined as always by Reggie Banner. Hey. What's up, Reggie? Oh, man, you know, you know. Yeah, man, and we are bringing you today the Crash Course Review, and we have some fan questions to get to, Reggie, first time ever, and also... uh. The big announcement for uh, next month, that's actually at the end of April. So uh, first off, you uh, weren't able to make it to Crash Course due to your meniscus surgery. How are you healing up? Uh, man, I'm healing up pretty good. And unfortunately, the night of the pay-per-view, I actually fell, you know, trying to get ready. And I don't know, you uh, you laughed at me. I laughed at you? I mean, you had to take a sponge bath, remember? Oh, yeah. You laughed I... at me. I was, Yeah. <laughs> well, that was because you text me and you're like, uh, I'm late, uh, but I was getting a sponge bath and I don't know why, but it popped me. So <laughs> <laughs> nice pop. But yeah. yeah, I wasn't there, but I watched from the premier streaming network from and let me tell you, man, it was so clear. You guys sounded perfect. You guys did an amazing job. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was my first time doing uh, a big show since the uh the student show that I did with Johnny Buchanan. So it was me, Big Sean, Kramars, and Josh Chernoff, actually, from the Premier Streaming Network. So Medium uh, Josh. Medium Josh, yeah. He was your stand-in. Uh, definitely uh, was a, a great experience overall for me. Uh, you know, getting my feet wet and uh, getting another experience under my belt. And uh, hopefully for April, at the end of the month, at zero hour, April 30th at the Signature Performance Center, uh, no big deal. Just Matt Cardona. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of him, but uh, he'll be making his battlefield debut. The Indie and, God. Yeah, the Indie God. Yes. Among other things. And uh, it'll be myself, Big Sean, and uh, hopefully Reggie Banner's back in the booth. Reggie Banner's going to be there. Yeah. I mean, we'll get you there, man. I'll, I'll piggyback you over the table if I have to. Uh, that that's what that's exactly what's going to have to happen. <laughs> no problem. Just get a ride. <laughs> and I, and I'll take care of the rest. But uh, sounds good to me. Yeah, this show is uh, man. I know it's it's hard to sound unbiased, but I mean honestly, this was this was by far the best show that Battlefield has put on so far. Absolutely, uh, I agree with you. Yeah, the the type of talent that is uh, taking notice and wanting to be part of this, we keep growing every month. And uh, as you can see for April with uh, Matt Cardona coming in, you know, that that's huge for us. I mean, Matt yeah. Cardona, like I mentioned in previous podcasts, for 2022, he was 13th on the PWI 500. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, because like I said, this is WWE, AEW, all the big promotions, but all of the other promotions as well, like Impact, Ring of Honor, uh New Japan. I, New Japan. I know. I'm forgetting a ton of them. And MLW. Then, uh, MLW, MCW, all the independents up and down. And, uh, you know, we're getting exposure like that for a guy like Matt Cardona who wants to come and compete here. And his opponent, which which has been announced, Casey Navarro, who is truly blessed. Quick, truly blessed. Casey Navarro, who is quickly turning into a uh, household name here at BPW because he has put on two great performances in a row and we're going to get to his match in just a few minutes. I don't want to give it away, but uh, at last resort, he took out Encore more and those two had such a good back and forth, uh, but Casey ended up picking up the victory and uh, he carried that momentum into to this month as well. So let's see if the kid could keep it going for zero April 30th. Yeah. I mean, for to put somebody of his level against somebody of Matt Cardona's level, uh, all I could say is this, I know tickets are already flying off the, flying off the book, but they're not going to last long. This is probably yeah. going to be a sellout. We're probably looking at standing room only. And uh, this is an exciting time to be part of BPW. Cause we are BPW. We are is right. So I have, 
the match results pulled up here just to refresh my memory, but we started off the show with a Samoan street fight. And I said this on commentary because Samoans tend to do things to the fullest of extent. So like a street fight, no, no, it's going to be a Samoan street fight. I mean, yeah. And this definitely delivered. We had Sean Maluda taking on Vinny back from championship material. Uh, the bad blood from this obviously has been going on for years, but has recently spilled over into the battlefield. And uh, we've seen these two going at it for months now, and it really came to a head here. Uh, Maluda was introduced first, and then Vinny back. He came out and uh, d- during the match. I mean, you saw it from home. I saw it firsthand and, there was some some pretty major collisions in this match. I know at one point Vinnie Mac tied Sean to the post, and he just wore him out with a sheet tray. I mean, yeah, he did absolutely but, just so, plum, plum, Oh my gosh! But the first collision I noticed was the tampons to Vinnie Mac's face. Yes, so uh, <laughs> you can't <laughs> leave that out. <laughs> no, John Klein and all of Klein's corner uh, delivered once again, and. Uh, I, I said on the uh, at the table that uh, you know the fans likened Vinnie Mac to a certain female appendage, and uh, yeah, they rained down the tampons once again. Uh, Vinnie Mac, obviously, not very appreciative of that, but you know it is what it is. This is the battlefield; anything goes, baby. Anything goes here, baby. Yeah. So after uh, you know Vinnie Mac. Really started laying it in with Maluda on that. They go back into the ring. They they both back and forth. I mean, uh, Vinny back. He ended up sticking a plunger right at Sean's face. There was actually a plunger inside the trash can full of gimmicks here because they they he threw this garbage pail full of of you just about everything chairs, uh, stop sign glass bottles, glass bottles. You know, throws that in there. Sean got the plunger to the face. They they still going back and forth. Vinny Mac actually landed the the package pile driver on Sean, uh, but you know somehow Sean had the wherewithal to kick out of that, and uh, Sean ultimately was able to to put this away. He ended up landing his signature savat kick, and then the finish. He uh, buried Vinny Mac in chairs and hit the double oh. foot stop from the top ropes and got the three so, count. It had to be at least six or seven chairs dumped on him. Yeah, he he definitely laid it up because at, at one point it looked like uh you know Sean had had enough. He he kind of like looks like he was out of his body for a second because he just started throwing chair after chair into the ring, and uh, for good reason. I mean he had he had a plan. It. Yeah, he had a plan and he executed. And uh, you know you mentioned glass bottles too because this is uh this is how what happened after the after the match. So uh, Joey Martinez of course shows his face. And it's uh, Tom Brady's sleeveless jersey. Oh, they, even, more, <laughs> even more reason to dislike this guy. I mean, seriously. And he he comes out, and then Vinny back and Joey Martinez, of course, the the two of the championship material members. They they start attacking Sean Baluda, and both of them with the glass bottle over Sean Baluda's head. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Offa <sighs> uh, comes out to make the save, and uh, I mean that's that's where we left it. But as you can see. The rivalry between the table and championship material, I, I don't know if this is ever going to go away, to be honest. Well, I mean, you saw what happened after the match, right? Well, obviously, you were there. They came up to you and took your headphones off. And Vinny, what he called it, a fluke victory. He's still the shit. Like, I don't yeah. think it's far from over yet. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe I forgot about that. But, yeah, this scumbag came over, took my headset, and uh, started, you know, swearing at the crowd and everything else. And, uh, Telling leaving, me to do my job. I mean, I think coconut I, shampoo on a on a headset. <laughs> hey, listen. At least I give him props on that. I, I mean, I've smelled far worse. So that's true. He has good <laughs> hygiene. Good job, Vinny. So, so at least at least Vinny Mac has gets one point. You know, but <laughs> yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, uh, later on the in, in April here and uh, moving right along to match number two, we had Andrew Anderson versus the Philadelphia Playboy. Now again. Uh, this is a rematch that we've seen. We, we've already seen Andrew Anderson. He took apart the Philadelphia Playboy relatively quickly at Evil Intent. Uh, that was the Playboy's debut match. Uh, Anderson, obviously, much more experience, uh, much bigger, but size advantage, strength advantage. But 
you know, this is another thing like this story has progressed because the Philadelphia Playboy, if if everybody remembers correctly, came out at last resort and caused the distraction on Andrew Anderson and actually with the swivel him, with the swivel, of course, and which actually helped Tim Theory pick up the schoolboy victory over Andrew Anderson. So, of course, Anderson wasn't too thrilled with that. He uh, chased the playboy back to the locker room at the end of last resort. And this match was made and Anderson basically demanded this match playboy. I mean, he's not going to turn down a fight and he was actually coming off of the momentum with his win over Vinnie Mac at the future show. So I uh, personally thought that uh, the Philadelphia playboy was going to, you know, pull another rabbit out of the hat, but it just wasn't the case. Anderson jumped about outside the ring Uh and he was largely in control for the most part. It, it, the Playboy did turn it around at one point, but uh, got about sixteen went, punches in there. He went, he went for a handspring. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know what he was trying to do. Like maybe a handspring back elbow, but he like <laughs> he completely disoriented himself. And uh, I mean that was it. Anderson hit him with the the double underhook suplex, and. Uh, got the victory and then Anderson with a sorry excuse for a swivel attempt. I mean, that oh, was I saw that the announce. That was close. Yeah. But you know, you know having the playboy Be- being the playboy, he's busy, you know, he's tired, he's out there taking those pills, you know, they say if you last longer than 4 hours go to the hospital. Well, he you know, he he does he, he has a wild lifestyle. My point is he, he got disoriented, you know. He thought he was thinking about something else when he did that flip. Maybe someone's wife or girlfriend. Uh, you never know with him. Uh, who knows, but yeah, that was uh, Philadelphia Playboy, my my advice is to never try that move again because it it's not it didn't work out. It's just just not for him. No, no. So, uh, yeah, uh, Edge Ryderson looking like the drug uncle at the barbecue with his swivel, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, so that was that match. And then match number three, uh, this was again one of the match of the night contenders for sure. We had Casey Navarro, who we mentioned at the beginning of the show taking on dark stg and this is another rivalry that has just been going on for months apparently this dark stg character has been stalking casey navarro for whatever reason and uh it really came to a head here i mean uh you you could go ahead and start breaking this one down for us so that i can interject i i've never seen casey navarro get decimated like that and to just keep fighting and coming back you know dark scg that's a that's a big man and he's dude he's what pound for pound 280 pounds of muscle and just strength like the way he was throwing case navarro around i was like oh my gosh like i'm, I'm concerned for his health but when he yeah. like what you know when he went for that choke slam and he turned into the crucifixion i was like yo thank god this is over like this is crazy but yeah man, like wow the the, the biggest takeaway from this match was Casey was having a very hard time overcoming the power of dark STG. Uh, you know, you alluded to it that, you know, dark STG is enormous, you know, in a, I mean, in a physical sense, he he's absolutely jacked bodybuilder takes time at the gym, you know, takes pride in himself. But I mean, yeah, it, Navarro kept getting hung up. You know, he couldn't get, execute his moves because they were being blocked just because of the sheer strength of Dark STG. And then at one point, he actually launched Casey like a lawn dart into the, the middle turnbuckle. Right turnbuckles, yeah. There's no way that that didn't hurt. But he, he was able to see the craftiness. When you're fighting somebody that you're at such a disadvantage from, you know, from a strength and size standpoint, you have to get a little creative. And that's exactly what he did, pulling off that crucifix pit. Yep. And you know what? I, like I said to you earlier, I thought that was the end of it. I was like, you know, thank God Casey's done. But that wasn't the end of it, though. Of course not. No, he, uh, yeah, Dark STG t- took offense to how that match ended. He ended up laying waste to Casey Navarro with a massive clothesline and then a choke slam right through the depths of hell. So I've never seen a choke slam from that angle. That that was huge. It was, it was. And, and I mean, we have to feel for Casey. I mean, but he ended up getting the victory, which is at the end of the day, the most important thing, and he is, you know, moving up the rankings, and he is taking on, uh, Matt, Matt Cardona at our next show. So that speaks volumes for what we think of Casey Navarro here at Battlefield. Hell yeah, he's a future legend, man. Yeah, for, no doubt about it. And uh, speaking of those those rankings, we do have the power rankings for our singles division and our tag team division. You can catch those every month in our programs. They are. Uh, give it out to every uh 
every fan that comes to our show. So you, you can see the updated power rankings. It's going to be interesting to see how things shake out after we had some movers and shakers on this show. But uh, yeah, I know the guys are uh, starting to start to break each other's balls a little bit about the, you know, who's ranked higher. And uh, it just gives them more incentive to go out and win their matches. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want to be at the top, right? Uh, naturally. <laughs> That's what you do. Because I mean, at, when it's time to debut our titles, you know, uh, the the world heavyweight title and our tag titles, I mean, they, they're the top are going to get preferential treatment, I would imagine. Yeah. Next match, interesting. Not It doesn't happen every day. Actually, a triple threat tag team match, primetime heat, which is uh, Trey Heat, Dio Bando, and the OG Code Red taking on South Philly's finest, Jimmy Conway, Luca Brasi, and the team of Tim Theory and your guy, Ox Adams. Now, Ox Adams perhaps was missing his his coaching this this week uh, from Reggie. I mean, something seemed a little bit off uh, towards the end of the match, as as we will get to. But uh, did you have any contact with him prior to the uh, the show? You know, I told him before the show started, he gave me a call. He asked me, he's like, hey, Mr. Banner, what can I do You know, when this match? I said, listen, you need to have eyes in the back of your head. I said, like, because one of these guys, no matter who's down for the pinfall or not, someone's going to try to steal a victory. Okay, and I was like, you need to steal a victory from somebody. I was like, throw somebody out the ring, pin them. I was like, do whatever you got to do to win this match. He goes, okay, what do you mean by steal a victory? And I go, when you get, when you get in that ring, I don't care if Dion is covering, um, you know, Jimmy or Luca. Throw them out the ring. Take that cover for yourself. And he was like, "Okay, I'll do my best." So that was my so, advice. Yeah. So the the funny thing, and I don't know if it's actually a funny thing, but the game plan that you deployed was actually executed by Primetime Heat. Dio Bando started the match and immediately took a powder to the outside and basically wanted the other teams to essentially take each other out. I, I know that was your strategy to Ox and Tim to kind of let the other two teams destroy each other and then, you know, kind of go in and pick up the, just pick the bones. But mm-hmm. I mean, Bando, and the other thing too, I didn't realize that all three members of Prime Type Heat were going to be involved here. So I don't know how they got that approved, but you know what well, i'm not surprised because they have to have every advantage possible i mean they're not that they have to have every advantage possible they're certainly not going to turn down any advantage that's that comes their way uh they, they win by any means necessary so that interesting thing here is uh jimmy codway actually hit uh the og code red in the face with the powder and uh it, there was a double t move on ox by spf because they had uh they had isolated Ox in the ring, but then going for the cover, Bando comes out of nowhere, throws Conway off of Ox Adams, steals the pin. So primetime heat literally stole yet another victory here and, in Battlefield Pro. And it's crazy because I'm like, I'm sitting there, and as soon as the match was over, I called Ox immediately. He didn't answer. I left him a voicemail. I was like, did they hear the game plan? I'm like, was this another way of Trey to come back at me? You know, come back at us, for like rubbing more in our face? Like, you know, like, you're not here, but I'm going to take your plan and make it work for me. I was like... Something's not right with these guys. No, they definitely had the same idea. Whether they stole it from you or not, it remains to be seen. But yeah, prime time heat, another victory, moving right up the ranks. Hard to hard to imagine they won't be the number one tag team in next month's power rankings. Uh, we had a debuting man, Bud Jesus versus <laughs> versus Gene Stitzky. I mean, what a. What a spectacle this was. This this guy comes out with his uh, psychedelic shades. He's got his psychedelic bears. Uh, I was say, were those bears that came out with him? They were bears, yeah. So, I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping. I'm seeing things. That's what I thought, too. I thought I was seeing things, too. But the bears are out there twerking. They're dancing. Uh, you know, pretty entertaining stuff. But Gene wasn't amused. Gene came out. Uh, the first thing, I mean, the very first thing, double choke slab on, on both of the bears. So goodbye, yep. bears. Uh, she put on those psychedelic shades and launched into the fifth dimension, as uh, Mad Bud Jesus likes to call it. And then, uh, you know, he picks Mad Bud Jesus up by the Mad Bud and slams him face first into the bat for the one, two, three. That so this yeah, match, that was it. yeah, this this <laughs> match, 
This match didn't last long. I don't know what this guy was thinking about trying to debut against Gene Stitsky, who's uh, seven and zero by the way here in Battlefield, and our number, our number one draft pick, and uh, Gene very well might stay undefeated here. But you know, after the match, <laughs> the Bears got choke slapped again, <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then for good measure on his way to the back. Gene landed a huge roundhouse right on bed, but Jesus. So Gene Snitsky continues to roll here in Battlefield. Uh, our, our yeah, he, he, looked, he looked pretty fresh in his glasses, though, didn't he? Gene did. I mean, he might want to adopt something like that as part of his repertoire, because uh, Gene could definitely pull it off. Oh, yeah. Goes well with his uh, his huge beard. Yeah, beard and sunglasses. You know, he's like a big biker from PA. Something like that. Uh, all I know is you know, people got to be on their toes when they're wrestling Big Gene because, I mean, so far the record speaks for itself undefeated. So uh, Gene continues to roll Lance on Hawaii versus Bull James in our next match. And uh, <laughs> this match was a little slow starter here. Bull James had a lot on his mind, apparently, uh, for the Broadheadsville <laughs> crowd. He did not want to get in the ring. He waited all day. He was just. Yeah, listen, guys. Like, I don't have to be here. You heard him. Like, I already got paid. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, damn. Yep. Nope. <laughs> that was the first thing he said. And then he was uh, calling people in the crowd morons and saying this moron and this moron. And uh, you know, he finally the the referee rang the bell and started initiating the uh, the Ted count. You know, because countouts are a thing in professional wrestling. You know, you get mm-hmm. if you're outside the ring, you have a count of ten to get back in there. But uh, Bull still was taking his time, but Lance was able to uh, to jump up outside the ring and uh, get things started for us. Thankfully, because this guy would have talked probably for a long time if it was up to him. Uh, the action went back into the ring. Lance and Bull back and forth. Uh, Bull actually had the advantage for a while. He drove Lance into the corner, landed at some clubbing blows to the stomach. Uh, just massive right hands. I mean, to see those in person was was something else because I don't know how Lance was able to continue after that point. And then, yeah, no uh, you know, Bull James, the guy's over 300 pounds, using his weight to his advantage, you know, wear down holds as far as, like, the headlock and just pressing his weight into Lance and uh, – mm-hmm. Was all, was, just slowly wearing him down. That's all he was doing. Yeah. You know? Wearing him down. And uh, Lance somehow mustered some energy. And did you see he was able to get this monster over for the Samoan drop? For the Samoan drop? Yeah, man. Oh, somehow. that was crazy. I was like, you know, that must took like everything he had in him. Because I'm like, okay. Okay, Lance, I see what that comeback. Then, you know, he hit him with the hip attack and everything. I was like, you know, Shade Rakishi. I was like, hey. But, you know. Hit him with the the big splash and everything. But the thing that got me the most was Lance won. Yeah. Right? Lance won the match. Yeah. And it it looked as if he wanted to actually end the war between between them. Yeah. Yes. And he extended his hand. Yes. And I was like, you know what, Lance? Like, I respect that, man. Like, put it into this. Yeah. Yeah. All class by Lance on Hawaii. But unfortunately, Bull just... Didn't want to. He didn't, he didn't want it. Didn't want to accept the olive branch. So you know the the rivalry continues. We have, yeah. you know, the the table versus championship material, and you know it's, it remains to be seen if Bull James is still going to associate himself with Martinez and Vinny Mac and Mister Ruda. Uh, I mean, but I will tell. But uh, he obviously had no intentions on ending anything, you know, with uh, with Lance. So I wonder how that's going to go going forward because it seems like Lance is ready to end all of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they're competitors. They had a good match and, you know, Lance wanted to show some sportsmanship, but yeah, you know, some people just aren't into that these days. <laughs> and, but, uh, you know, yeah, as we can tell you, we'll see, you know? Yeah. You'll see a theme here. Uh, our next match is once again, off of Junior, the head of the table and uh, taking on the closer, Joey Martinez from the aforementioned championship material. So again, uh, two more pieces of this, storied rivalry going head to head. And this this stemmed off of Joey Martinez calling off out at the future show, which we didn't think was a very smart idea. And uh, I'll tell you what, Martinez impressed me in this match because there for a time at the very beginning, uh, of course, Vinny Mack and Joey Martinez do their nauseating hugs outside of the ring and stuff like that. We should uh, start doing that. We got to throw that hug back. Uh, <laughs> come on, man. Making <laughs> non-nauseating. We'll see. 
<laughs> Alpha in control of the match early. Uh, you know, bit laying the big chops and everything. But how about he had Joey actually had a reversal hat off in the corner, and Vinnie Mac grabs off his leg, and the referee did not see it, of course. So this was the beginning of course. Martinez taking control. Uh, he started laying in some some heavy fist on Alpha and just starting to wear the big guy down. And Paul uh, could smack to him too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like Joey drank his uh, bottle of courage before this match because. Yeah, he was. And then he did go for a signature fist drop, but he missed. And then uh, I thought this was going to be it. I thought Offa was going to put him away. He hit him with the, the running train of clotheslines that he usually usually indicates that he's going for his uh, finish very soon. The Goes for splash. the splash off the top rope. So then, Reggie, tell the folks what happened if they didn't see it. I mean, I don't know how you couldn't see that, but he hit him with a fireball right Vinny in back. his face. Vinny Literally back. a fireball, yeah. like, like he's a wizard or something. Yep. With the fireball. So, of course, that's an instant disqualification. Bell rings. And then, unfortunately, that's not where the story ends. You know, Vinny Mac and Joey Martinez continue to attack off in the ring. But then the lights go out. And uh, help is on the way for uh, Big Office. So, Sabu, Sabu makes, came. His, makes his way to the ring, chair in tow. And uh, just absolutely took apart championship material and set them on the retreat. So Dude, he was like a sniper with that chair, the way he was throwing it at their faces. Right. Yeah. He was. Such accuracy and speed. It was like, yeah. 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 like these guys got to have broken noses by the end of this. Cause hey, he, he threw the one chair at least hundred miles per hour. Yeah. And you could hear the, the percussions of the chair shots going off of Vinnie Mac's head, which I mean, I, I didn't feel bad about it. So I don't know, man. I, 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 I felt that in my soul. <laughs> eh, well, yeah, yeah, I say this, I say this all the time, but you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. I mean, that's just, that's what happened in this case. They, uh, they knew Sabu was in the building. They know Offa has uh, a working relationship with Sabu. So, you know, that's what happens. Sometimes yeah. uh, you get, get help from people that you just weren't expecting it from. It so, looked like Cerny Dom- uh, Dominguez out there, the Phillies pitcher, the way he was hitting them, that was just... <laughs> <laughs> anywho anywho so back part of the show here Vinny, uh, V. Marino taking on Nolan Pierce Nolan Pierce was the March spotlight wrestler of the month for Battlefield Pro Wrestling we posted his article also in the programs you get the spotlight article every month uh, Nolan just just a great kid man uh, so I, much energy I, yeah I enjoyed my time interviewing him uh, you know he, he had a game plan I asked him, you know, what was his what was his plan going to be against this match? And he said, I mean, it was going to be he planned on using his speed, bringing the the pace to V Marino and hopefully wearing him out because he didn't think V Marino could keep up with his speed or his uh, his educated feet. But if he Marino, he was in this match the entire time, like it, there was no advantage for Nolan Pierce to have. They uh, which is kind of shocking. Yes, it was because I I I like it V Marino to be a little bit on the slower side, maybe kind of like a uh like a Greg the Hammer Valentine type, you know what I mean? Maybe yes. Gets, maybe gets better as the match goes along as he starts to warm up and stuff Go, like goes that. Goes up the hill, you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I didn't expect V Marino to uh be hanging with him the entire time and uh matching speed and everything with him. It was a good back and forth match for sure. Yeah. They, right at the beginning of the match, they exchanged some pretty heavy slaps uh right in the face. I don't know if there has been some bad blood between these two from training together, uh if they're just, you know, sick of each other or what, but those slaps I, were disrespectful. I think they just want to be the best, you know, and they'll go through each other they have to. That's yeah. You know, yeah. they want to make money. Uh, no doubt about it, though. The crowd was absolutely 100% for Nolan Pierce. Uh, v. Burrito was in control for, for a portion of the match. Nolan hit a power bomb out of the corner when V mm-hmm. had him mounted going for the 10 count punches, but Nolan was able to walk him out and, and hit the power bomb. But the, the turning point here, uh, it, Nolan went for his his signature running knee, missed it, and then Viberino was able to kick out his leg, land the pile driver, and then again we saw this disrespectful pin that he has adopted. We saw it at, at the future the bag over, yeah, over Arson Kruger. Now on Nolan Pierce, like this guy just 
wants to piss people off. He doesn't care. He doesn't, he doesn't care. No, he doesn't care. After, what you're... after that hard-hitting match, sorry, not to cut you off, not, but after you're that fu- hard-hitting match, you know, like, dude, you don't just sit on someone's chest and pin them. Yeah, disgusting. Like, it's disgusting. With his mullet. You know, that's I agree. Worse. I agree. So we will see what is coming up for Viberino, but uh, another victory for him. Again, climbing those power rankings. Every match counts, so... We'll see where he lands uh, next month. Then the next match, this one I had circled uh, at the beginning when I first found out this match was made because we had Arivalu from Florida, part of the Samoan dynasty. He was making his way up from uh, down south to take, on, yeah, to take on our very own DeMarcus Cade, the kingpin DeMarcus Cade, who we all know that I've been uh, a big proponent of DeMarcus since he made his debut. I think, you know, Pound for pound, he's got to be one of the strongest guys. He's definitely one of the most athletic. Uh, I mean, he, Demarcus Cade is throwing standing drop kicks and making it look easy. I mean, the guy is educated as far as all sorts of different, uh, different styles of wrestling go. And uh, like I said, as far as the power goes, he's matching power with Adavalu, who I mean, the guy goes well over two hundred fifty pounds, probably closer to the two ninety mark. Uh, yeah, he's definitely pushing two ninety. He was a big boy. Yeah, both of the yeah, really, both of these guys big, but uh, you know, Demarcus just to be able to match power with him was incredible in its own right. And then, I mean, Adavalu, not to take anything away from from him, I mean, he actually was carrying Demarcus Cade around like a child at one point. Yeah, uh, so that speaks volumes for his strength. We know the Samoans by by just, just by strong. genetics alone are, are yeah, they're they're naturally strong. So. I mean, no surprise there, but this match again, another match of the night uh, contender, because these guys definitely out there blow after blow. You could feel it in the stands. You know, they're doing uh, nerve holds. They're doing arm locks. They're doing the Marcus Joint manipulation. The joint manipulation with Adivalu's fingers to help break the arm hold. Uh, it gives me the chills, man. <laughs> again, the drop kicks by DeMarcus Cade. Uh, the end of this match, though, uh, one that I didn't want to see end, but Adivalu actually went for a uh, shoulder into the into the stomach. DeMarcus Cade was able to get out of the way. Adivalu shoulder first into the steel post and a schoolboy roll up for DeMarcus. I mean, after you go shoulder first into the steel post, that's basically going to send a shock throughout your whole body. So, oh, yeah. you know, DeMarcus was quick enough to take advantage of that. It, it only Capitalized takes three. on it. Yeah, capitalize on it. And, you know, in this game, it only takes three seconds and, you know, he was able to to get the victory. So DeMarcus Cade uh, back on the winning side here in BPW. And then down the uh, co-made event of the evening, we had Encore Moore when he was supposed to take on the Brian Kedrick. However, Brian Kedrick had flight issues, was not able to get up here to Pennsylvania. Uh, so it was actually a surprise for all of us because not only – uh, did the fans not know what the replacement plan was going to be? But they didn't tell us on commentary either. So when VSK made his appearance from the back, uh, how shocked were you seeing it at home on TV? I was very shocked. And I was like, wow, I'm like, this is a hell of a replacement. This is like another dream match. I'm I'm a big fan of VSK. You know, watch him wrestle on Impact. I've seen him wrestle at other companies all over Pennsylvania. And I'm like, this guy, like, I don't want to even say he he has so much to prove. Like, he's proven it already. He's He's fantastic. So I was really happy what I saw. Yeah, none of us were sad when we saw VSK coming out uh, to replace this, especially with his dance partner. <laughs> Literally and figuratively being encore more in this match. You want to talk about two guys that are evenly matched. I mean, size-wise, very close. Uh, strength, I have to, again, I have to give it to encore more. Yeah, I give it to encore. I talked about this before, but for his, for his size, pound for pound, he's got to be one of the strongest, if not the strongest guys that we have at the battlefield. It started with that uh, display of strength versus Casey Navarro. Who we, you know, we saw the stalling vertical suplex, and then we saw a roll through here where it was VSK going for like a cross body. He rolled through holding on to VSK, lifted him up. <laughs> I mean, unbelievable strength. Right. Uh, just, just stood right up with him. D- displayed by that. But, you know, it, the tail here was the, again, the back and forth. Both men at one point, they, we're going to dance together for the crowd, but you know, VSK, that was kind of a ruse on his part because he, he used that to take advantage of encore letting down his guard. But, but, but at some point VSK was dancing and I was like, you know, he he's was, got some, yeah. he's got some rhythm. 
It, yeah, man. I mean, this both of these guys are highly entertaining. I mean, like I said, I was not sad when VSK was the replacement. I was actually pretty amped. It's my first time seeing him live. Uh, you know, and it, it, it did not disappoint. He it landed. He throws one of the nicest super kicks in the business, and then he landed the power bomb onto his knees. And normally, I would say that was it, but somehow. Encore Moore was able to kick out of this. And then we saw a very, uh, uh, this was unbelievable. A small package exchange where they just kept rolling each other back rolling and forth. Rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. Rolling around, yeah. <laughs> you know, but again, it was. Uh, like hedgehogs. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog. Hey. So they were out there, you know, and it, the tail here again was just. I, can't, I thought you did there. <laughs> just taking three seconds dude that's all it takes because again vsk missed the move in the corner encore was able to schoolboy and get the three count and unfortunately three seconds is not a very long time sometimes it is but in this case it wasn't an encore able to get the victory so encore back on the winning path here in battlefield uh now the main event uh holy holy smokes man we uh this match was made and we had this one circled for a long time because it was phil insane and after he took apart Nunzio at last resort, it was like, all right, so who's next to step up and, and try and knock this monster down? Literally this monster. And uh, Daddy Damato, I mean, he answered the call. I mean, this guy, 20 year plus. To your girl. What's that? Mr. To your girl, Danny Damato. The cold hearted <laughs> player. Yeah. He comes. I mean, he answered the bell. He, uh, after the match, we would see that he actually had some history with Phil Insane prior to this, so it makes sense that he would come in, but uh, these guys were set on destroying each other from the very beginning. We saw uh, just about every weapon possible. We had chains, we had chairs, we had barbed wire wrapped chairs, we had tables, we had tables covered in aluminum cans that were cut open. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, I still shudder when I think about that, because I think about the uh, how how painful that has to be to, keep to get getting up and keep going to get tossed onto something like that. And uh, at one point in the match, Danny DeMotto actually did go into that door. It was actually a door, not a table. I'm sorry. Uh, a cabin door that was affixed with these uh, razor sharp cans that he actually went, ended up going into it. Uh, another match you want to talk about hard hitting. I mean, at one point, Danny DeMotto was actually uh, dumped a merchandise table onto. To I was going to say he dumped stomach. a whole merchandise table on him. Yeah, the the ribs uh, immediately. I mean, it, Phil was definitely feeling that. But they go back and forth. And uh, at the end of the day, Phil was able to hit the primal cut and uh, get the victory. And then uh, after the wait, match. Wait. That was through some mousetraps, though, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't forget, my, don't forget that. <laughs> no, my my fault. That's why there's two of us because I can't possibly remember everything. But yeah, mouse traps affixed to a second cabin door, and the primal cut being executed. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. And then after the match, they're laying there, <laughs> and you could still see the mouse traps going off at the end of the match. Uh, absolutely crazy. I mean, what a what a show. And then. Danny DeMonto, this is like one of those. This is one of the coolest moments in professional wrestling. Oh yeah. Every every company has those kind of like full circle moments. Call it that. Call it like maybe a passing of the torch somewhat. But Danny DeMonto giving Phil insane props and uh, asking the Broadheadsville crowd to give Phil, you know, a standing ovation. And boy, did they ever, man! I, I'm getting goosebumps again thinking mm -hmm. about that. I, I messaged Alpha after the show. I said, dude, that was. Uh, one of the coolest things I've ever seen, you know, at any sporting event. I mean, absolutely just what a moment and, and what a moment for all of all of our fans, because, you know, Phil might be a monster, but our fans love their monster, man. So, you know, it's like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, he's a monster, but he's my monster type deal. Yeah, he's our monster. He's like yeah. blue from um, what's that TV show called? Monsters, Inc. You no, know, he's mean <laughs> to everybody else. But if he loves you, he's a good monster. I'm not going that far, man. Uh, I tried. Yeah, to well, I, I probably shouldn't have said it. he's going to kill me. I tr I tried to interview the guy to get a, a spotlight article uh, and talk about one of the most disturbing experiences of my life, going to his uh, his slaughterhouse and trying to get a word with him. All I could say is, thankfully, he was wearing his mask. So uh, <laughs> See, I was, got a hug, hug with his mask on. I was able to get out of there before. Uh, you know, anything happened, but uh, unsuccessful in trying to get a word with Phil and Sade. But there you have it, folks. That was 
Battlefield Pro Wrestling Crash Course. Again, it was our first pay-per-view event, which was being broadcast live on the Premier Streaming Network. You can sign up now, get their app, PSN, uh, PremierStreamingNetwork.com. And uh, $4.99 a month for the premiere package, so you can actually go in and watch the different replays. And then it's only $14.99 to order the pay-per-views live. So uh, a fraction of the cost of a ticket if you can't make it. I know we have many fans not only here in the United States, but in Canada and in Germany. And uh, Premier Streaming Network is international. So $14.99, you can order the pay-per-views. Uh, $4.99 per month to watch all the replays. All kinds of good content on there in addition to Battlefield Pro Wrestling. I'm probably not the best guy to plug this because I don't, you know, all I know is Battlefield Pro Wrestling because it, it kind of consumes me, but I don't like uh, that, you know, there's some stuff like MLWs on there for international uh, All the fans. good stuff on there. Yeah, there's some podcasts on there, like the Major major Figures, is that what it's called, with Cardona and... Uh, 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 Brian Myers. So all yep, that that's on there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not the one to plug all this stuff, but check it out for yourself. Uh, enjoy the matches, guys. So that love uh, wrestling. Do it. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. I mean, so that was Crash Course. And then uh, Reggie, we wanted to get to some of these fan questions we asked. Oh, by the way, speaking of fans, we we put a post out there on our Facebook page at BattlefieldProWrestling.com. We're running a giveaway right now. Two VIP tickets, which are a $60 value. They usually run $30 a piece. This is first or second row seating, prime seating. You get early access to the meet and greets that we're going to have. And you can, you can get two of those by simply taking a screenshot of you liking or leaving a review of our podcast on either Spotify or Apple Podcast. How easy is that? It's so easy. Like, just boop, 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 you're done. You get free tickets. Who, who doesn't like free? Yeah, and then I saw, now, wait a second. Don't be giving out the impression that we're giving away free tickets just for doing that. There's going to be a drawing for everybody that participates. Well, yeah, drawings are fun, but then you get free stuff. You know, like, that's 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 the appeal. It's like, yeah. Absolutely. So the, the, I made the caveat here that if you show, you do it on Spotify and Apple, you'll get five entries. So you basically 5X your entries by making one extra review and leaving one extra five star star rating for us. How does not so, how does not, not excite you? Exactly. Do you know what exactly. I mean? <laughs> Ex- exactly. You're talking VIP tickets to our biggest show to date featuring Matt Cardona. Get over to Spotify, get over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star rating, follow the show, uh subscribe on Apple. You know, we want to grow this thing and uh, reach as many people as possible. And uh, you know, interaction is what it's all about. We wanted to bring in the, the fan interaction. So uh do you have any of your fan questions there, Reggie? You said you wanted to read a few. I have a few I want to get to. Yeah, let me uh I got two I want to answer. So the Go first ahead. one is someone asked us, um, where do we see BPW in about five years? Uh I'm thinking a major, you know, cable network. That's where I see us at. And, um, you know, that's not me just being, you know, a character. This is really what I truly believe. I see the company going five years the way we're growing, you know? So, yeah, just keep watching us, stick with us, and see what happens. And my second question, someone asked me, and Joe, this this is a real question. They asked me if Mike Payton is going to take over BPW. What? Who? That's... So let's go to your questions then. That's that's yeah. That sounds like a like a troll account. So. Yeah, let's just let's just ignore them. <laughs> Never. We have a few here from one from Chuck. Uh, how is Alpha after trash crap they pulled on him? Prayers he is okay. Uh, Chuck, I I I mean I do have, I have close contact with Alpha. Obviously he's the boss, but also a, a, a good friend of mine. Uh, he's he's doing okay. Uh, as, as good as he can be after getting fired, thrown in your face, still recovering. But uh, no plans on missing any time. Uh, of course, prayers going out for Alpha. So, you know, we have that going for us. Uh, so that's a good thing. Uh, but, yeah, I think he's going to bounce back. He's always overcome the adversity, you know, obviously doing this as long as he has. You get hurt. You get injured. Unfortunately, this was a malicious attack and uh, could have ended a lot worse. But, uh, yeah, he's he's good. He's on the bed. And, uh, he'll be back in plenty of time for uh, Zero Hour. Uh, so, Thanks, yeah. Chuck, for that. We have uh, Mike. Who is going to stop Snitsky's undefeated streak? Holy smokes. We just talked about this. Uh, <laughs> Gene Snitsky, six foot eight, 280, 290 pounds. Uh, 
just shredded absolutely one of the most terrifying individuals in the wrestling industry. Uh, Give an educated guess. Who do you think could beat Snitsky? I don't know. It's 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 hard to say. Is it going to be an outsider? Somebody from outside of Battlefield that comes in that's finally going to be able to do it? No, uh, it could be Phil Insane. So is that an official? Are you taking an official stand that you think Phil Insane is going to? I'm. That's be the my one? official stand on it. Yeah. Okay. I think it's going to uh, be Phil Insane. I mean, honestly, can't be. That's not a bad pick. Uh, but the experience. Uh, man, this might be one of those things where we see like a a Goldberg esque run with Gene going like a hundred and oh, but. I mean, the way I see it with with Snitsky, it's like he he can go as long as he wants to, and uh, yeah, he he might end up having a an undefeated run here in Battlefield. I can't pinpoint it myself on anybody who uh, is going to be able to stop the streak. I, I just I'm not there. I don't see anybody on our roster that. Huh. Uh, I mean, it, I don't want to take anything away from those guys, but I also. You know, no, I understand. About, you you got to. Yeah, you got to. You know. I'm certainly not taking anything away from Gene Sitsky. I see Gene, you know, accomplishing just about anything here in the battlefield. So thank in you. In the best of his life, too. Uh, of course. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny. I was actually listening to a podcast and they were talking about Stitsky's debut in WWE and, and how uh, excited they were to get him up there. And, uh, you know, the talent that he had and the size and everything else. So, I mean, Gene. Gene knows wrestling, man. So, uh, just all the more reason for me to think that uh, it's going to be pretty, pretty tough to uh, to get Gene off the off the pedestal there. So, I have another question from Corey, and this is hilarious because you just <laughs> Corey says, "When are we getting Snitsky versus Phil and Saint hashtag Hoss fight?" So there you go, Reggie. Are you gonna yeah, be, see? See? Are you are you gonna go ahead and? Uh, are you gonna uh, commission to get this match signed or what? I, uh, I'm commission. I'm commissioned with it. I'm I'm with it. Yeah, sign that match. I want to see it. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, obviously, Corey wants to see it. Reggie Banner wants to see it as he's he's calling for Phil and Sade to get the dub. But uh, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. You want to talk about hashtag hoss fight? That would be a hoss fight for sure. For sure, two of the oh, strongest. Yeah. Two of the biggest, strongest guys we have at Battlefield. Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. Let's see it sooner than later. But uh, I'm with it. Yeah, and then uh, Jared asks, uh, "This is this one for me, I believe." But I mean, you could answer it as well. So, what did it feel like when you commentated on on a show? So, uh, for me, it was. Uh, there was butterflies for sure. A little anxiety. Can't lie. I mean, it's uh, you're getting ready to go live on pay-per-view for the first time. And uh, it's like any other job, you know, it's kind of your first day on the job. So it was definitely um, something that I was a little nervous about. But it's also one of those things where as soon as it starts, it's like you're just instantly like, OK, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I've been uh, dreaming about doing my entire life. I mean, since I mean, since I'm literally in diapers, you know, two or three years old. Uh, just affixed with wrestling and, and imitating wrestling and everything else. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was surreal. It was awesome. And uh, I can't wait for the next one. And uh, can't wait to continue doing it, hopefully for a very long time. And uh, blessed and, and thankful for Offa for giving me the opportunity, trusting me with the opportunity. You know, he saw that uh, we were doing pretty well on the podcast and asked me if I wanted to do a tryout for commentary. And uh, apparently I did okay. So, uh, continuing to, to work with you and, and everything else. So uh, what was it like for you? I mean, I know this this recently was a new thing for you as well. I mean, you haven't been doing it all that long. No, um, honestly, <laughs> honestly, though, no, it was a dream come true doing commentary. And the same thing how you felt, too. It was very, very nerve wracking. And, you know, it's something you see on TV. And I don't think the fans and people realize how much work and pressure goes into to the commentary. Number one, you're looking at the screen the whole time. You're calling every single move in the match. And you're also, you know, you're sitting there also as a fan. But it's your job as a commentator to tell the story, you know, to put over the talent in the ring as good as you possibly can. And, you know, when you first, like, let's look at Corey Graves or Pat Mackey or Michael Cole, 
JR, you see these guys do it on TV, you're like, oh, that's so easy. I can sit there and do it, my, you know, do it myself. But like being being there, doing it live, like you know, in the physical presence, it's there's it's so different, but it's so amazing at the same time. Like I love it. Yeah, me too. It, it is. It's a rush, and uh, you know, it's something where I don't like you mentioned. It's it's much different, and like being in the commentary seat, you kind of you're not really supposed to show bias, but we all do. You know, Josh was right, showing yeah. bias towards his guys. I definitely show bias towards my guys. It's uh, it's it's basically like the best seat in the house for uh, you know, cheering on your guys and. and and hoping they they could pull it out. So, uh, you know, we thank Corey. We thank Jer- oh, second part of Jared's question. Actually, who did you look up to as a commentator? For me, it's easy. I mean, Gorilla Monsoon, uh, Bobby the Brain, uh, Jesse Ventura. That's the era I grew up with. So that was like my Vince McMahon. My first uh, experiences with wrestling. Those are the guys I grew up listening to. Obviously, I mean, you see a lot. You hear a lot of Gorilla Monsoon coming through. It'd be Jr. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, one of the goats as well. So, uh, yeah, the guys like that. I'm more from the old school. Uh, Gorilla, you know, Jesse the Body, Bobby the Braid, Vince, those guys. How about you? Me, personally, my favorite was, I'm a little, I'm a little younger than you. I was born in 92. So oh, when yeah. I came up, yeah, so when I came up watching it, it was JR, and <laughs> Taz, um, and uh, Jerry the King of Lawler. Those are the guys I, I grew up on at that ah, time. Yes. But at yeah. that time, no, TNA was brand new. So it was like Mike Tanay and Don West. And I was like, okay, the, both these guys, both sides of these guys, you know, they're great. But I, I really always enjoyed listening to like Taz do, like, you know, putting in the humor, like your own personal humor to go with telling the story. So, yeah, like, no, yeah, I, I would I say see- Taz for me. Taz is good, man. Yeah, that's good. And I forgot the king. How can I leave out the king? He was a- yeah, the king of the puppies. Yeah, huge part of my my upbringing in wrestling. So thanks, Jared. Thanks, Corey. Thanks, Mike. And thanks, Chuck, for your questions. Really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we get some more questions coming for next week's show. I'd like to make this a regular uh, segment. So uh, anybody out there, you have questions, feel free. Send them to me directly. Send them to Reggie. Leave them on our uh, Battlefield Pro Wrestling Facebook page. Uh, next week, Reggie, we're going to hit uh, the preview of our future show. So that is coming up before zero hour. We'll have that in between. Yeah, man. We'll get some more exposure for these guys and uh, and gals. And uh, we'll hit it from there. But uh, in closing, I want to say, you know, glad that you're on the bed. Hope to see you real soon. Hopefully for sure at zero hour, if not at the futures part two. And uh, that's it, Reggie. Anything you want to say in closing, my friend? Hey, man. I'll see you guys all soon. That's all I got to say tonight. Awesome. Well, once again, Big Joe Bachesco for Reggie Banner. We are out. I've been waiting for days to think about my time in the maze. I'm coming out truly on Everything that I did to get paid, I